Good morning. Yeah. Methuselah and I were great buddies. The man that lived the longest. Is this too loud or too echoey? There's nothing I can do about it. So. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Wonderful to see everybody, and for those online, good morning as well. I have the wonderful privilege of sharing the word with you this morning. Something I don't take lightly, and sometimes for those that do preach, you know it comes a little easier than other times. This was not an easy one, so um, obviously we need to press in and persevere. But I want to pray a prayer over us, because I pray that what I share today, many of you are aware of. But I pray God would give us deeper revelation concerning it. And so, Father, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. That you would open up the eyes of our heart that we might know you better. Father, I pray that we might know the hope to which you have called us and this wonderful inheritance that we have in the saints. And this incomparable great power that is within us. That same power you exerted when you raised Christ from the dead. Open up the eyes of our heart, I pray, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to piggyback a little bit of Clayton's sermon, a little bit of Dwayne's sermon. A couple of weeks ago, Clayton preached on, I don't even know what it was called, Kingdom, Purpose, People, view, thank you, along those lines, and <laughs> shows how much attention I gave it. <laughs> and, um, but the scripture that he basically used was the one that's going to come up behind you, Luke 19.10, in the New King James, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And uh, as he preached it, it caught my attention, particularly that word that, which he emphasized. That Jesus didn't only come to save man. Many of us, and myself included, Jesus came to seek and save the lost, which is true. That is true. But if we leave it there, then it's just about us getting saved. But in that statement, Jesus gives purpose. He gives incredible purpose. I came to seek and save that which was lost. That which was lost. To restore it back. So I'm not only going to save you, but I'm going to give you something back that was stolen from you, that was taken from you. And I'm going to restore it back to you. And then he mentioned three things. Authority, relationship, and life. I want to focus a little bit on authority. But he spoke about relationship. And our, our, our relationship when Adam sinned was distorted. It was broken. The unhindered access we had to the Lord was taken away from us because of sin, because of Adam's son. And the very nature, your nature, my nature, before I came to know the Lord, was bent, was crooked, was deceived by sin, was, um, I'm trying to think of other words, was, there was deception, a whole number of things. And so when Adam sinned, he was kicked out of the garden, and he lost that intimate relationship with Father God. And from that day on, man has been changed forever. Until Jesus Christ came. Hallelujah. That's the good news. Until Jesus Christ came. Then we lost the life. Because God said to Abram, if you eat of that tree, you will surely die. The devil said, you will surely not die. 
Amazing. If you eat of that tree, you will surely die. And the devil said, no, you won't die. No, you surely will not die. But he did. And he didn't die physically. He died spiritually. He lost the life of God. Adam and Eve, they lost the life, the very essence of the life of God. And Jesus quoted in John 10.10 10, that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And that's what he did. But he said, I have come that you might have life and life to abundant. Not just life, abundant life. Overflowing, super abundant life. And you might have it. And the life that we get back brings the light of God back into our lives and into our heart. Because life and light go together. And you can read it in John chapter 1. And I remember the day I got saved. Sorry, I'm, my nose, when I start talking a lot, it starts to run, as you know. I remember one day I got saved, and God impacted my life and took hold of me when I was 33 years old. And I just broke inside, and there was a lot of emotion happening, and many of you have heard the story, and there was a lot of tears, and my nose was really running then, but I mean really running then, with big pools and all that sort of stuff. But I remember when I gathered my emotions together, I turned to Michelle and I said, you know, you look the same, but you look different. L light came. I looked outside. I said, everything looks the same, but it's different. That's what I said to her. It's different. It's like blinkers came off. And I could see what I'd always seen, but I saw differently. That's what happens when light comes. You see differently. You just see things differently. And the Bible said he rescued us from the dominion of darkness. We were in darkness, folk. Everybody that does know Jesus is in darkness. That's just a fact. It's not a criticism. I was there once. But by the grace of God, he took me out of darkness. He took you out of darkness. And light came. Hallelujah. Jesus restored the light. And then, the, when I can finally get this page to turn over... So this morning, I want to talk a little bit on that first one, authority. I want to talk on spiritual authority, kingdom authority, that every born-again believer can exercise. Every born-again believer, I'll say that again, everybody that is saved can exercise the authority I want to talk about today. But let me give you a few statements about authority in general. There's various kinds of authority. It's a big subject. This book is authority from beginning to end. Everything in the spirit realm is seen in authority structures and authority. That's why we can never undermine authority. Because when we do that, we play the devil's game. There's various kinds of authorities. God-ordained authorities. Parents. Parents, you have authority over your children. Thank you. He's no longer under my authority. See, that's why he says that. <laughs> you do. Not to hurt or harm, to nurture, love, and raise, and teach responsibility. You have authority to do that. You don't have to ask for it. You've been given it. Don't let anybody take it out of your hands like they try to do. God gave it to you. You don't have to ask for it. He gave it to you. Authority of church leaders, genuine church leaders, and authority of the Word of God. There's a number of other, but I just touched on those. Then there's man-ordained authority, authority of legal documents. And when we sign it, it has authority over our lives. 
And then functional authority, like lawyers, doctors, teachers, professionals, skilled workers. They have authority in the field that they've been trained for. They have authority to exercise what they've been trained for to exercise. To be in authority, we need to be under authority. But let me just say this. To be submissive is a matter of attitude of the heart. Well, obedience is a matter of conduct. God alone receives unqualified obedience. But any delegated authority that gives us something to do, issues an order that clearly contradicts the word of God, I will, be, I will give them submission, but I won't give them my obedience. Submission is a hard attitude that I won't undermine or pull down the authority that God's put over my life. But if they tell me something to do that violates this, I won't do it. But I'm not going to destroy them. Do you understand what I'm saying? The disciples did it in Acts. The leaders of the day said, you can't teach in this name. And they said, uh-uh. We need to obey God. But you never see them being derogatory towards those leaders. They just did what God told them to do. And suffered the consequences, got locked up. Do you understand the difference? Submission is a hard attitude. It's a hard attitude. A couple of more things about we often misunderstand authority as something oppressive, hurtful, or troubling. That is not God. That is not how authority is meant to be exercised. Also, some would like to have authority from God alone, but God's way of working is to set up indirect or delegated authority for us to obey. And that's how we grow. That's how we learn to grow. So he puts me under authority. I stand here preaching today. I'm not an elder in this church. I'm under their authority. Hello? You all look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> I am. I'm under this man's authority, this man's authority, this man's authority, and one sitting at the back there. I don't know where, where's Kevin? Kevin? He's not here. I'm under their authority. So I do what I do today because they've asked me to do it. I didn't come and usurp it from them. And so I honor that authority. So why am I saying this? Because if one of them got up and said, listen, Ken, your time is up, my time is up. Hello? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Josh. And that's how we learn. And I find in your Christian walk, sometimes God for a season will put you under authority where you know more than the person that has authority over you. Because he wants to test what's in your heart. That's all he's doing. He's just testing what comes out of you. I had to learn those lessons myself. And you think, why am I reporting to this man when I can do it better? I know more than him. Who knows what I'm talking about? <laughs> We've all been there. I want to read a quote from a man called Floyd McClung. He passed away probably two, three years ago, an amazing man. He wrote The Father Heart of God. Him and his wife lived in Amsterdam in the red light district when they were with YWAM. And they, um, that's what they ran there. And the kids young age, had to walk past the red light district to go to school and come back. And they had to literally help the kids detox every day because of what they saw in terms of what the ladies in the windows. And God so moved on these kids' hearts, you can go read it. 
Uh, it's an amazing story that these kids used to go get flowers and bring it to these ladies in the window. Next day, the window was closed. The lady was gone because the grace of God just came upon them through these little kids because they just loved these ladies. Anyway, this is what he wrote. So the real question of spiritual authority is not does it exist, but how is it exercised? That in turn depends on how one defines spiritual authority. Jesus made it abundantly clear that what he meant by authority was influencing people through serving. The only right use of a spiritual authority is to serve others. Let he who governs be as one who serves, Luke 22. In this sense, authority is defined as the right to influence others. Jesus went to great lengths to redefine the meaning of that authority, both in word and deed. But how do we know if we're exercising true spiritual authority in a Christ-like manner? It says these seven questions will help you. Does it restrict or does it liberate? Does it lead to conformity or does it promote creativity? Does it bring dependence on man or on God? Does it produce civility or bondage or drudgery or servanthood? Does it depend on law or grace? Does it destroy or build a person's confidence? Does it produce fear or does it equip people to function with confidence in their gifts? It's a wonderful little thing. That's why I read it. Just on terms of authority for those that are in authority and exercising authority to help others. The purpose of authority is to fulfill the purposes of God on earth, which is to establish the kingdom of God in your heart and my heart, in your life and my life. So peace, joy, righteousness, order, and well-being can be embraced. That's the purpose of authority, is to allow the kingdom to come into the lives, into families, so they can experience God, they can experience his love, they can experience his grace and righteousness and joy. God does not want us to be only earthbound. This is a quote from a book by a lady called Ruth Heflin. God does not want us to be only earthbound. We were not designed for this world. And when we are caught up in the spirit, he lets us know in a way that we could not know otherwise that we are only pilgrims here on earth that we are not natural, but spiritual. That's why I want to talk about spiritual authority. Let me explain it this way. I have great respect for the office of the president and for some of those that have been in that office. Great respect. It carries great responsibility and it carries great authority. When a decision is made from that position, it not only affects this nation, it affects the entire world. That's how much authority it carries. But if that person in that office is not a born-again Christian, they do not have the authority that you have. They don't. You have authority that they don't have. Kingdom authority. Kingdom authority. That has been freely given to you because of your relationship with Jesus Christ. Think about that. You and I have greater authority than the President of the United States. That's why no political system can bring life. Hello? 
spiritual authority. It flows out of relationship. It is received, it is not regrasped. And as we develop that relationship, the authority inside of you will grow because truth begins to get unfolded inside of you and knowing begins to happen and you begin to naturally walk in an authority that God has invested in you. For me, it's amazing that when Jesus walked the earth, they said he teaches not as one as the law, but he teaches with authority. Immense authority. And often a time when they came to arrest him before his day, you go read it, I would love to have been there. And he came and they tried, the Bible says, push him over to kill him, to push him over the mountain, to push him over the brow. Just imagine, he just stood and then he just walked right through them and they parted away. Because of the authority that emanated out of his life. Yet, yet, he said, I know where I come from and I know where I'm going. So he took off the outer garment and washed feet. When you know who you are in Christ, there's no act of service too small for us. Because we're not receiving our status from what we do. It's from who we are in Him. So anyway, let me talk about authority. As I said, biblical authority, Christian authority for every believer. All right. How do you exercise it? And what does it look like? So to lay a bit of a platform, you don't have to turn there. In Genesis 1, 26 and 27, man was created in the image of God. And Adam was given authority. He was given dominion over the earth. God-given dominion over the earth. To rule and to subdue. But when Adam sinned, he surrendered that God-given authority that he had been given to rule over the earth to the devil. So the devil became ruler of the earth. The Bible says he's the ruler of the world. Jesus said it a couple of times. He never disputed the fact. Satan came and said, I'm the ruler of the world. And if you bow down to me, I'll give it to you. I'll give you the authority. You know the story and go read it. And a couple of times Jesus referred to him before his death and resurrection as the prince of the world. So he never disputed that fact because he took the authority away that was given. So Jesus came to earth and as the last Adam offered himself up for our sin a sin nature, to restore us, you know this, and to redeem us to the former position of authority that Satan has over the world. So he came and he restored us and redeemed us through his death and resurrection. And as we believed in him and received him, he took the authority that was stolen and he came and he gave it back to mankind. He went and got the keys back, as somebody said. And he said, he has the keys that rightfully belong to you. He rendered Satan powerless through the resurrection. He declared captive men free from the dominion of darkness. He disarmed the principalities and powers of darkness. He disarmed them. Don't have time to go into the scriptures. You can tell uh, Colossians 2.15. He disarmed them. So Jesus was given all power, all authority, and a name that is above every name. 
And so what the first Adam surrendered, Jesus regained and restored, and the authority is now given to those that are in Christ. Amen. That's why he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. I give it to you there. Therefore, go and make disciples. You have authority to go do that. So this is very important. The position of Satan was changed before the death and resurrection from ruler of the world and after the resurrection to God of this age or the dominion of darkness. It changed because he's been rendered null and void. So he's no longer ruler of the earth. Hello? But he rules over those that are still in darkness, where I was, for 33 years. Satan now tries to gain access to every born-again believer through fear and deception. Because he cannot gain it any other way. He, doesn't, he does not have authority over you. I say that again. He does not have authority over you. He does not have authority over you. So he's got to come through a subtle means, a deceptive means, like he did to Adam, the first Adam, through deception and fear. And that's why we are encouraged very strongly in the Word of God. Renew your minds, renew your minds, so you don't get taken captive by his thoughts or his lies. As we're only in bondage to the lies Satan would have us believe about God and his power and his influence over, that's when we get back into bondage. So deception means something happens when I'm able to influence or manipulate another one through lies. So he comes and lies to you constantly, accusing you constantly, day and night, the Bible says, day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night, day and night. But it does not have authority over you. I think that's wonderful, but anyway. In order to function as kingdom people, we need to understand and exercise this restored authority. So, as a believer, you've been given a right and authority. I'm going to discuss some of these in a little bit more detail. To declare who you are. You've been given the authority to boldly declare who you are. Unashamedly, I'm a child of God. And I'm going to show you. You've been given authority to declare forgiveness. And I'll explain what that means later. We can't forgive anybody. Only Christ can. But I'll explain. You've been given authority to declare release and freedom. And you've been given authority over every demonic entity and disease. Every believer. So if you got saved yesterday, actually if you got saved half an hour ago, you have that authority. We just don't know about it. We don't know how to exercise it. I was speaking to Josh before and he said, I wish I'd known some of this earlier on in my Christian walk. I said, so do I. I think I'm still learning it, but anyway. <laughs> so let's talk about the first one. You have the authority to declare who you are. Go to John chapter 1. You all still with me? All right. John chapter 1. We will finally get into some scripture. John 
John chapter 1. If you go to verse 10, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right. That word right is authority. He gave the authority to become children of God. Children born not of a natural descent, nor of a human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. Hallelujah. So the Bible tells me, for me to be a child of God, it requires a birth, but not in the natural. It requires a spiritual birth. How does that happen? i got to receive him and believe in him. That's all. I don't have to do anything. i just got to receive. And we so struggle in the Western world to receive. Just got to receive. Just receive. That's all. And as I receive, there's a belief that rises up inside of me. Born not of a natural descent, meaning no physical birth as the person is already born. I was already born for 33 years. Nor of a human decision, meaning through self-effort or choice. Nor of a husband's will, meaning through a choice of some other person who can do something or decide something on your behalf. So it's got nothing to do with the natural whatsoever. It's born of God. And John chapter 3 talks about it where Jesus said you need to be born again. When Nicodemus came to him at night, I paraphrased it and asked him a question. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, Nicodemus, you need to be born again. If you want to enter the kingdom, you've got to be born again. If you want to perceive and understand the kingdom, you've got to be born again. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. So when you got born again, your spirit came alive in you. You became alive through the spirit of God inside of you. You, you know this. You understand what I'm saying? You came alive and everything changed. You got born again. And only when you're born again are you a Christian. I'll say that again. Only when you get born again do you become a child of God. Not before. Not when you say a prayer. Might happen when you say a prayer. But when you get born again, and you'll know it. No man needs to tell you whether you're a child of God. You'll know it inside of you. Because the Bible says the Holy Spirit will witness to your spirit you're a child of God. So that's why I say to everybody, you must know like you know, 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 you're a child of God. Amen. So I better ask this, what is this, what is your son's name? I've done this before. Josiah. Hello, young man. Hi. Is that your dad? Yes. No, no hesitation. Of course. That's how you've got to be. Is God your father? Yes. Not, um, um, I think so. No, 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 no. no. That won't do. Why? Because the devil will be, that will be the first place he will attack. Because that's how he came. If you are a son, the son of God, if you are a child of God, he will try and undermine that. Because he knows once you become born again, you have authority over him. You're just learning how to exercise it, that's all. Be bold in declaration who you are, folk. Declare who you are. Not, don't live from the place of what you've done. Declare who you are. Your position is a child of God.
I use this example again. What's his name? Josiah. Sorry, Josiah. So when you don't behave very well, is that still your dad? Yeah. That's it. Yes. Never never put your relationship with Jesus dependent on your behavior. Behavior determines blessing or blessing determines behavior. You've heard me say that before. Blessing determines behavior, not the other way around. You're blessed, so you change inside, so your behavior changes. You've got to know this to be true, that you're a child of God. Amen. Being born again. So, I encourage you to boldly declare it. Boldly declare it. Number two. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16. And I've touched on this before in the spiritual warfare, but I need to touch. Now, I want you to notice in all three of these incidents that I'm going to touch on, everyone came out of a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. Matthew 16, number 2. When, verse 13, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, he asked the disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist. My, I've got seven minutes. Some say Elijah. Still others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, who do you say I am? Many of you know the scripture. Some in peace answered, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. The gates of Hades will not overcome it. The gates of Hades will not overcome it. The gates of Hades will not overcome it. Will never overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So Peter has this incredible revelation that nobody knew except the the demonic realm. Because every time they saw Jesus, they said, we know you are, we know you are. Peter has this, you're the son of God, you're the son of the living God, you're the Messiah. Peter, that's amazing. That didn't come from you, Peter. That did not come from you. That came from our Father in heaven. That's amazing. And because of that revelation, because of you know who I am, I'm now going to give you the keys of the kingdom. I'm now going to give you the keys to unlock things. I'm now giving you authority to do something. Hallelujah. That's what he said. Amen. Based on what? That you know who I am. That's it. Because everything flows from that place. So let's, can we put that chart up at the back, please? You know this. You've heard me touch on it. The Bible says there's three heavens. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Bible says Paul was taken to the third heaven. So we know there are three heavens. The third heaven is, it's up there where God is enthroned, where the angels serving God are continually back and forth, bowing down, throwing crowns down, the 24 ages throwing their crowns down. You never find a dispute up there. Never anybody going against the will of God. The second heaven 
is the habitation of Satan and fallen angels. That's what Jesus said in heaven. Satan fell like lightning. Okay? That's the second heaven. It's literally just above the surface of the earth. It's a spiritual battleground where kingdoms of this world are controlled from them. The will of God is always, 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 always resisted. And how do we know that? Because if you read Old Testament, if you read the, particularly the prophet Daniel, Daniel went to fast and pray to seek the Lord. As you know, we call it a Daniel fast today. And he, 21 days went by. And then all of a sudden the angel came to him and said, Daniel, most highly favored, the first day you set your face to seek the Lord, I was sent to you, day one. 21 days went by. But as I was coming, I was stopped by the king of Persia, the prince of Persia, thank you. The, pr the prince was what? It wasn't an earthly prince, it was a demonic thing. I was stopped. You can read it, he said. So I went and got reinforcements. I called Michael, who's in charge of warfare. Da -da -da -da, here he comes, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> and there was a battle that raged, and now it came through. So it tells us something's happening up there. So every time you set your face to seek the Lord, something happens up there. And sometimes you think, "Why are my prayers not answered?" It's coming. God's not only preparing our heart, but He's preparing everything that's about to take place. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Hallelujah. Just will we persevere and be patient, but it's coming. Trust me, it's coming. Okay? And then the first heaven is where we live. It's the habitation of man. The kingdoms of this earth, angels serving God and angels serving the evil one. Just walk around you, unfortunately. And the kingdom of God is within. What is that saying? Very simply, when you were born again, the Bible says you were placed in heavenly places. So spiritually, you're placed in the third heaven. You're co-seated with Christ. You're co-seated with Christ. You were dead. You were raised up. You were seated with Christ. You were seated with Christ in the third heaven, but you physically live here. You physically live here. Hello? But this is where you're seated in the Spirit. Hallelujah. You with me? We're seated there. So now what is Jesus saying about loosening and binding? Let's go down to the next slide if we can because the Amplified gives us the best way. To. I give you the keys of the kingdom or the keys of authority of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bid, bind, forbid, declare to be proper and unlawful on earth will already have been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, permit, declare lawful on earth will already have been loosed in heaven. So the binding takes place in the second heaven, the loose takes place in the third heaven onto earth. So he's saying, yes, the keys, my son. Yeah. Boldly declare this. Go forth and declare this boldly. That the kingdom of God will come on earth as it is in heaven. His righteousness will be released here on earth as it is in heaven through Jesus Christ. His joy will be released here on earth as it is in heaven. You can declare it. Hello, you have authority to say that. You don't have to ask for it. You have authority be given to you. Go and declare it. Go and repeat it over yourself. Go and say it to your family. And then let them make the choice as to what they do. You can't force them. But then you also have authority to say, every work of the evil one 
that is present on this earth, I take authority over now. And I bind that work. Do you understand? You have authority to do this, people. You have God-given authority. Just do it wisely, that's all. You can't go binding and loosing. It's what's already happened. So it's as you preach the gospel and declare the goodness of God that we sung about, declare the authority of God, declare the righteousness of God, you're releasing it here on this earth. And as you declare, and thank you, Lord, that you destroyed the work of the evil, and thank you, you rendered him null and void. You disarmed him. I thank you that you've done that. And so I loose everyone that is bound by his work. Preach it, thank you. I know you know this, but I want you to, I want you to sink in. I want you to sink in. I want you to sink in. So when you walk in a house and you buy a house, new, first time you buy a house and you walk in, you think, whoa, something, something's not right in this house. Who knows what I'm talking about? Look at all the hands I got. My, 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 suffering catfish. Okay. No, that's just a South African saying. The catfish are not suffering there. <laughs> so you have authority to get in that house and say, God, I thank you, you gave me this house. Therefore, because you've given it to me, I now take authority in this house. And I say, everything that is not of God, you do not belong in this house. Because you've been rendered. That's it. That's taking authority. And then the neighbor looks at you and says, who's he talking to? Don't worry about that. <laughs> Don't worry about that. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to shout at you. I'm trying to get my point across. Shout again. It's an amazing scripture, this. It really is an amazing. When I first understood this, it just helped something inside of me. And even what Dwayne prayed this morning, that's all he did. He just did. He prayed the prayer of what the scripture is. And unfortunately, the evil one's very stubborn. And so sometimes we've got to persevere. Persevere. But it will change. It will change. Oh my. So we don't determine the situation. We just declare what is already determined by the Father. That's all we're doing. We don't determine it. All right. Next one. Third one. Last one. John chapter... You all still with me? John chapter 20. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, you don't want me to sing. John 20. Verse 19. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw him. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. In my personal opinion, this is when the disciples got born again. Because now Jesus had died and risen again. He breathed on them. They're born again. 
Because if you read the Gospel of Luke, it says, as he did that, the understanding was opened. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive, they are not forgiven. So what is Jesus saying here? He's not, man does not have the ability to forgive somebody else's son. We know that. Only God can do that through Jesus Christ. So he's not saying you can go around and say, oh, your sins are forgiven. Your sins. That's, that's not true. That's not biblical. I believe what Jesus is saying here, very simply, like in the Matthew, Matthew 16 chapter, as you go forth preaching my gospel, declaring my gospel under the anointing of the Spirit, because he said receive the Spirit, as you go forth proclaiming that, those that receive their sins will be forgiven. It's an ongoing present tense. That's what it, that's, it's a tense. Is. It's an ongoing present tense. In other words, it's ongoing present tense. It's an act that was done, yeah, but it affects an ongoing present tense situation. So my death and resurrection was, yeah, but as you preach the gospel, that which happens, yeah, will have impact over, yeah. So as you go forth preaching and the anointing of my spirit, sins will be forgiven for those that receive me. For those that don't, their sins won't be forgiven. It's that simple. Think about this, people. You have given authority, in a sense, to go declare forgiveness for people. But you know what I'm saying by that. You can't go say your sins are forgiven. You've got to have the authority to declare who Jesus is, that he forgives sin. And in doing that, when they receive that, through you, you've been given authority for their sins to be released. That's an amazing thing. The President of the United States can't do that. He can't unless he's a born-again Christian. That's unbelievable. It's, Jesus is coming to every single one of you and said, Yeah, my son, my daughter, here's the keys. Yeah, I'm going to give you the keys. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I'm just going to give you the keys. I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. There you are. Thank you. Oh, you took it. Well done, young man. Amazing <laughs> kids, just easy. <laughs> I'm just giving you the keys. Yeah, well, go. You have my permission. Go, 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 go. You have my permission. Don't have to ask me. Giving it to you. To boldly declare who you are. Boldly. To all those who received, he gave the right. See, he received. As soon as you receive him, you have the right to declare who you are. You're, Peter, you're the son of this Messiah, the son of the living God. Oh, Peter. Now that you know who I am, here's the keys. Go and loose the kingdom on earth and go bind the, the, the works of the devil here on earth to set people free. Oh, yeah, let me breathe the Holy Spirit. Oh, my, now that you received the Holy Spirit, yeah, I'm going to give you the keys to declare the gospel and as people believe, their sins will be forgiven. That's amazing authority, people. That's a spiritual authority you have been given. You don't have to ask for it. It was given to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The lady there, is your name Michelle? I keep forgetting. I'm sorry. I think the same as my wife. Just to, before I forget, I wrote it down. And Michelle, I see you coming into a change of season. It's a wonderful change of season. I see things that you planted many years ago beginning to break through the earth in a sense, but break through in the spirit. I see color coming back. 
I see many flowers. It's like you're entering into a spring and a summer in some areas of your life. I just see a huge change of season coming. A wonderful change of season. I think it's to do with some people, and I think it's to do with some situations. I just want to encourage you. You've hung in there. You've pressed in. It's through faith and patience. Remember this, people. Faith and patience. Faith and patience we inherit the promises. And I feel like God is seeing your patience. And you hung in there and you haven't ever let go of the hope that is within you. You've never let that go. Just to encourage you. When you were worshipping, I looked across and saw that's what popped into my mind. So, what I would love to do, I want to declare these three things. And then, Jen, if we could, sorry, I've gone eight minutes over. Can we sing that second song we sang? The Great I Am. Can we do that? So, as the worship team comes up, because that was a bold song declared, and that's what you're declaring. He's the Great I Am. And because of that, he's giving us stuff. I don't know if you want to say anything, Clayton. Please do. Hello, hello. There we go. The devil has no authority, but he does have power. That's not something to be afraid of. You see, the the enemy actually hands out power very quickly. If you've ever seen occultic power, witchcraft, I've seen real power. But it has no authority behind it. So it's illegal, unlawful power. It's like the difference between a policeman has a badge and a gun. He can hand in his gun and keep his badge. He would be stupid to do so, but he can. Because the, the badge is the authority. He can hand in the power, which is the gun. But he cannot hand in his badge and keep his gun. They will take it away. Your, the power of God in a person comes through, obviously through you as a vessel, from knowing and having authority. So... Even in the spiritual realm, I know this may sound strange to some of you, but even in the, in the natural realm, it happened in the Bible, Acts chapter 19. These Jewish people came and they said, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, we cast out these demons. The demon answered said, yeah, we know Jesus and we know Paul. Who are you? He came out of the man and beat all seven of them up and they left, ran out naked and bleeding. Because in, the, in a sense, if a, if a demonic spirit became into the natural realm, it would be much bigger, much stronger, much faster and overpower you in the natural in a second. But because you are a child of God and you have legal authority, your words makes them cower and run because of the Spirit of God. But if it was a natural fight, you don't stand a chance. But because you have authority, power comes out. And that power is legal in heaven. You have authority and power. That's why the devil came to take authority from Adam, because he had none of his own. Think about that. Authority is, is a very, it's so important. And it's not, in a sense, it's yours, but it comes from him. Yeah. So I can operate in authority to the degree that I understand that I'm under authority. Yeah. That's all. Very good. Very good. You did a better job in three minutes than I did in 45 minutes. But anyway, it's true. He has that ability. Um, think of you as a traffic cop. 
and you see this big 10, 20 ton truck coming down the road. And you step into the road and you hold your hand up. That thing stops. Why? Because of the authority invested in you by the uniform you wear. You have the clothes of righteousness on you. You're clothed with the Lord. You really have. And so you're not more powerful than something of the evil one. It's just as Clayton said, you have authority because he sees the clothes of righteousness on you. Right standing with God, so you have his authority. Father, I thank you that we can boldly declare who we are. Children of God. Unashamedly, children of God. Born of the Spirit. Loved by the Father. Accepted by the Father. Because of Jesus Christ. I thank you for every born again child of God sitting in this auditorium today. I thank you, Father, that you've given us the authority to declare the coming of your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. And you've given us the authority to declare the binding up of the works of the enemy of the people's lives and situations. And I thank you for that. And Father, you've given us the authority to boldly, under the anointing of your Spirit, declare who you are and people's sins will be forgiven as they receive that declaration. And I thank you for that. I thank you for the privilege you've given us. I thank you for the privilege you've given us, Lord, that we can do this under your authority, guided by your hand. And I thank you, Lord, as you said, the only thing that counts is faith expressed through love. Expressed through love. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you are the great I am. And the great I am came and said, Yeah, my children, this I put in your hands. The kingdom, the keys of the kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, thank you.
Father, we bless you. Great I am. We bless you. We honor you. The glory is yours. All honor is yours. Our praise is yours. Our authority is yours. It's from you. People take this message at home. Put it on. When it's done, press repeat. When it's done, press repeat. Your life will change. You will see change. You'll see change in your mood. You'll see change in your attitude. You'll see change in how you think. You'll see change in how people react to you. Father, you are good. Nothing but good. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like prayer for anything, there will be a team here to pray with you. If you're visiting, thank you for coming. If you're watching online for the first time, thank you for watching. Have a blessed week. We will see you. Good morning, Free Life Church, and happy Sunday. We are so glad you've joined us today. We would love to connect with you. Connection cards are a great way to let us know if you're new to us, any needs you may have, or how we can connect with you. To submit a card, simply scan the QR code on the back of the seat or visit the Connection tab on our website. If you are a first-time visitor, please stop by the Connection Corner in the lobby to receive your welcome bag. We look forward to meeting you! Gentlemen, it's time to gather together and have some fun. Join us for an evening of bowling at the branch on February 17th. Space is limited and registration will close early, so be sure to sign up today. The corporate fast schedule to begin next Tuesday will be postponed. A new date will be announced at a later time. Stay tuned. Our next encounter night is coming up next Saturday, February 12th at 6.30 p.m. Plan to join us for a wonderful evening of spirit-led worship. Childcare is provided. Here at Free Life, we believe in kingdom giving and we invite you to give to the work God is doing. The easiest way to give is by texting Free Life Church VA to 77977 on your mobile device or go to the Give tab on the website. Checks or cash may be dropped in the connection box at the back of the sanctuary. 2021 giving statements were sent out last week. If you did not receive one or you have any questions, please contact the office. If you missed the recap letter, stop by the front desk for a copy and read all the highlights from the last year. Stay informed of upcoming events, holiday schedules, and weather closures by subscribing to our weekly newsletter. Simply text Free Life to 41400 to sign up. Remember, to learn about all our upcoming events, please see the events page on our website. Thanks for joining us today. We are so glad you're here. Good morning, Free Life Church, and happy Sunday. We are so glad you've joined us today. 
We would love to connect with you. Connection cards are a great way 